Well, welcome back once again to another uh, cast by Travis Holland and Shanti Holland, Foundations of Revival. Oh, I want to start uh, actually off the broadcast today just by letting people know from the star a little bit of information. If you want to contact us or ever re- want to reach out to us and know a little bit more about our hearts, you can always go to www.foundationsofrevival.com. Well, I'm actually pretty excited today because it's something that's been stirring in my heart and my wife's heart, um, talking about walking out in love, what it means to really display love towards others, what it really means to lift each other up above even ourselves, just like Christ lifted up the church above himself and gave himself for us. So I'm going to jump right in with a scripture and, and then go right from there, share a little bit of our heart, share a little bit about what we've been personally going through um, in the season. We've had some deaths in the family. We've had a lot of uh, of time of, of reaching out and being that point in that avenue of love for others. Um, and so we're going to be able to share our hearts a little bit and how to walk in love, even when it seems like everything in the world really wants to just crush you and fall upon you but we're called to be a light a city on a hill we're called to be a beacon you know when when i I think of jesus and i I honestly think of when he's talking about being a city on the hill you know i think of those um those light you know those light towers so when the boats are coming in they shine as a beacon not just as a beacon of, hey, warning, there's rocks ahead, there's dangerous cliffs ahead, you need to steer clear, but they're a beacon to prevent you from going down the wrong path, but also a beacon to shine and let you know, hey, this is the course that you need to go on to to find a safe harbor, to find that safety, to find that lodging, to find that place that you can find as home. And that's what we're called to be. We're called to be that light. But honestly, Paul said it best. I can prophesy. I can have all the faith. I can give all my money to the poor. But if I have no love, if I don't do it with love, it's just this noisy clanging symbols. So we're really going to really push into talking about love today because we love talking about the supernatural. We love talking about signs and wonders and authority and sonship. But here's the thing. If it's not done in love and the purity of the heart of the Father, then it's just a bunch of noise. So I want to read this out of Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. And this is out of the Passion Translation. It says this, Be imitators of God in everything you do. Not in some things, but in everything you do. For then you will represent your Father as His beloved sons and daughters. I love that. You want to know how to represent your father? Walk in love. Verse 2 says this, it says, And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. I love the Passion Translation, how it breaks it down. An extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Like, Like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. And honestly, when we walk out in love to this world, it's as a living sacrifice. It's as a as a sweet smelling fragrance to the Father. Because here's the thing: when we're walking in love, 
Let, let me just put two and two together for you. It says that God is love. So when we're walking in love, we're walking in God. When we're displaying the love and the heartbeat of the Father in love to people, what we're doing is we're displaying God to people. That's why people have been so burnt out on church and don't want nothing to do with traditional mainstream Western church because it's a bunch of organized religion instead of the heartbeat of the Father being displayed displayed in love. You know, I think of Mahatma Gandhi who read the whole entire Bible. And the, I mean, if anyone knows who Gandhi is, I'm not going to go in the whole backstory of Gandhi, but a very powerful leader uh, of our, our time. Um, but he read the whole entire Bible. He believed that Jesus was the son of God. Okay. He went to a church and because he was Indian, they wouldn't let him in. And he says this. He says, I would have become a Christian if I've never met one. Let me say that again. I would have never, I would have became a Christian if I never met one. See, they didn't know how to display love. They, they broke down walls and, and had formalized religious walls and barriers and says, well, you're not white and you're not part of our group. You're Indian. I can't allow you in this church because they segregated back then. They segregated. And that was just religious nonsense. We, there's neither Greek nor Jew nor slave nor free for we're all one in Christ. There's no black. There's no white. There's no, there's no African nor American, nor European, nor nor Canadian, or, or or Oriental. There's there's no. And when you're in Christ, we're all the same. Matter of fact, when He created man, He didn't create man to be separated. He created us to walk in love and purity with Him, and a fellowship with Him. So if we're walking in a presence-driven atmosphere, what we're doing is we're walking in a love atmosphere because God is love. So kind of go on that subject. Um, some of the things that have been like really like pressing in my heart lately, uh, obviously, like he said, we lost some loved ones. Um, one of them being my own father. Um, and there's been a, just a lot of things I've been thinking about since then, but some of them actually are just because of what the Lord's been doing in our ministry and what he's been showing me coming um, in our region and even globally. He's shown me like where he, where, what he's trying to establish right. um, in, on this earth right now, like what he's wanting to happen. Um, and one of the subjects that keeps coming up, which I, you guys hear me out because it's going to sound like it's completely off the subject for a second, but I'll tie it back in. Um, is that how we all see in part? Um, and I was actually reading the scriptures from, from first Corinthians 13. And I was, I was reading it and I got to the, most people stop at that one part where it says love never fails, um, which is actually on verse eight, but it's really just the a of, of verse eight. It's, it's just a small portion of verse eight. And, um, but that's most of the time where people stop They're like, Oh, there's the end. That's it. You know, um, we, we read through all of what love is and that's the end. Um, but then it says after that, it extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. 
It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. You know, we see in part, you know. Uh, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. So here's where I'm going with this. This is where I'm tying this in. Um, so he's been showing me a lot about how, you know, if we're really going to do what it is that we're called to accomplish on this earth, we have to look past the part we are seeing and see our brothers and sisters in Christ and see that God is giving them something in order to do that. You need the perfection of love. You need God's love to go through you because there, that means that you're not always going to agree with what they're seeing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong because because God doesn't show everybody the exact same thing. He he shows everybody a part, the part that they're called to carry out. But he is depending on us to walk in the love that we're called to walk in so that we can bring all those parts together so we can have a better picture. And so he was talking, for instance, about, you know, how Gandhi, because he was from India, that that they didn't show him that love. And we have that same issue going today in our regions yep. where we're we're not seeing someone's part because either they're from another denomination or they're from a, from another race or they're from another gender or whatever it is. Maybe maybe um, you know maybe they're even another generation. We have people that don't want to listen because those are millennials and they think differently or or they're or they're too old and they don't get it and they're too far in the past. Well, we're supposed to honor uh, and those that come come with wisdom, but we're also supposed to bring the fervency of, of the new people and what they're grabbing. Yeah, and so there is yeah, importance in every single part, but we're not going to see that if we can't love. And so part of loving one another, part of the way that we love one another is by um, looking past the things, you know, because that's which it looks like Travis was about to read that, but looking past the things that, um, that we consider faults, you know, because love doesn't do that. And, and trying to hear God in that person. Um, we have a tendency as, as, as people to work really hard on being understood and very little on understanding, but love looks to understand the individual, where they're coming from, why it is they see what the way they see, you know, what's, what's, where's that coming from? Sometimes it is because of things that they've gone through and and life challenges and some things are tainted that, you know, have to be slightly dismissed because of that. But a lot of it, honestly, is um, is because we just see stuff differently on why we're not understanding their part. You know, because of what we have been tainted by, we're not able to understand them. And we want to tell them they need to understand us. And that's not, that's not love. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love, um, truly love the God kind of love the fact that he put me and my wife together as a team because she's going right in and we do this a lot. God knows the callings, the giftings, the anointings and the mantlings on our lives and, almost every single time 
will start flowing into the same exact stream that the other one's been chewing on. I mean, she was already going and talking about 1 Corinthians 13, and I was already pulling that up. I'm like, man, she's already hitting this stuff on all cylinders. And I'm like, man, I love the the Christ in her. Now, here's the great thing about this, and I'm not going to pull any punches about love. Okay, because I think it's a subject. I think mothering, I think fathering, I think loving and, and truly enduring loving, just like the Father had for us, just like Christ has for us, is something that is sorely missing in the Western culture of Christianity and as believers, just to be honest. So let me do a quick little jab real quick and then I'm going to get into what love really is and, and then sort of finish this off. You know, when you're looking at someone else and you're thinking, man, they just did this or they just cut me off in the church parking spot and man, that was a spot I was going to get and I can't believe they're always going to do this or this person shows up five minutes late all the time and I, and you just you start working yourself up or even if you have another believer that's in your family and you have some past hurts and you're like, well, I just don't talk to them because they did this and this and this and this. Well, guess what you're doing? You're doing that not just to them, but you're doing that to the Christ that's in them. It says that's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when you're bad-mouthing Christians, when you're bad-mouthing another believer, you're not bad-mouthing them. You're bad-mouthing a child of God, a son and a daughter of God, and you're bad-mouthing the Christ that's within them. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not all perfect. Okay? But we strive to be perfected by the one who is perfect. Okay, so we ain't all perfect. We have our own faults. And and my wife has been on on this theme. And I mean, I've been just quietly feeding off of her uh, revelation that she's been diving in. Lord, let me take care of my own splinters first or the own my own log in my own eye first before I try to take care of somebody else's splinter in their eye. We try to look at everyone else's faults and pick apart everyone else's faults when we don't realize that we are still being molded. We're still being shaped. We're still being formed by the potter himself because there are still still stuff inside of us that we need to have being worked on consistently. But we love to pick apart everyone else's stuff and look at everyone else by their faults instead of allowing God to go, okay, God, examine my heart. You know who said that? David, a man after God's own heart. David, a man after what? God, who is love, his actual heart, the heart of love. David was a man after the heart of love. You can actually equate that because God is love. And he said, examine my heart, Lord. Don't let, don't let us look and let me let me just speak for a second because we both had deaths in the family. My father-in-law, Shanti's dad, just passed away just a few weeks ago or about a month ago now. And then a couple of weeks later, my aunt, who was like my second mom, um, all the hunting, all the fishing, you know, all, all the backwoods addiction that I have to being out in the woods came from my aunt and my uncle up in Big Bear Mountain. And I saw from all this time of families that had animosity that actually purposely bridged gaps um, 
with hurt and bitterness. So anytime that they would get together, there was this, this, this bridge in between them of hurt and bitterness and past envy and, and past faults and past things. So when they would get together for, for family events, somewhere down the line, there would be past hurts. Love squashes that. Love looks past that. Every person that's on here, if you don't know Christ, find out who he is. Contact us. Our, like I said, I gave out our, our our website address earlier. It has our contact email on there. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more about who Christ is, who the Son of God is, who was the walking actual depiction and display of love into this world. I know how to love because God first loved me. And it's time for us to rise up and not act like the world and hold on to bitterness, hold on to hurt, hold on to, well, they said this and they did this. And I remember they took this and they blah, 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 blah. And and it's, um, oh my gosh, are we, are you kidding me? Life is too short. It is too valuable. It is too precious not to love. Hear this from people that just lost loved ones. Life is way too short not to love. If you're married and your your wife or your husband did something that you didn't like or said something that aggravated you or bought something that they shouldn't have and it just threw you in a, in a, in a hissy fit or whatever the case may be, life is too short not to love. Now, I'm going to jump in real quick into 1 Corinthians 13. My wife was already sort of hitting on it, so we're going to sort of tag team here just really quickly on what this really means to walk in that kind of love. Now, 1 Corinthians 13, I love this out of the Amplified. Verse 4 says this, and I already referred to the first part of uh, 13, talking about, you know, you can flow in the supernatural. You can talk in the tongues of men's and angels, have the gift of prophecy. You can give all you have to the poor. You can have all the faith in the world, but you have not love. It's like a noisy clanging symbol. And it picks up in verse 4, and it says what love is. It says love endures with patience and sincerity. With patience. With pa- love endures with patience. Those that are listening to us driving in traffic right now, and endures with patience, and it doesn't endure by driving like a Brooklyn Brooklyn taxi car and, and cutting them back off and, and and telling them they're number one. If you guys get what I mean, love endures with patience. Love is kind. It's thoughtful. It's not jealous. Come on, so it's not jealous. You have a call, you have a mantle, you have a purpose upon your life. And just because somebody else may be in that position that you want to be in does not mean you need to try to overthrow them to get in that position. Because that's jealousy, that's envious heart, and that's not love. Your anointing and your mantle will make a way for you. And it's not by taking somebody else's. I'm sorry that just rose up in me straight from the heart of the Father. I had to say that. Love does not brag. 
It's not proud. It's not arrogant. Come on. It's not arrogant. You don't have to walk around. I don't care if you're a multi-billionaire. You don't have to walk around with your nose in the cloud like you are one. You can walk around with confidence, but there's a difference between walking around by, like being cocky and confidence. Confidence on who you are and whose you are in Christ Jesus is one thing. But walking around thinking that you're better because you've been saved longer than sister so-and-so that was a prostitute or a stripper or somebody that was a drug addict in the past, get over yourself. Get over yourself and it's time to walk in love because love is not arrogant. Verse 5, listen to this because it tags team right in to, I love how it sets itself. It does not brag. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. It goes right in and says it's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not provoked. Nor is it overly sensitive or angered easily. Come on, all, all the men in the group. All those all those Viking warriors in the group. All those people that just love to... Just, just have fight inside of them. Our fight is not against our wife. Our fight is not against the people that cut us off. Our fight is not against our boss or on the workplace. Our fight is not against our... our, our just I'll, I'll, Let me throw one out really cl- clearer. Your fight is not against your congregation. Come on. You have to walk in love. It's not easily angered. It does not take into account, and I need you guys to hear this one loudly, does not take into account the wrong endured. Love does not hold on to past hurts, it's saying. It doesn't take into account the wrongs that were endured. Does not rejoice at injustice of others, but it rejoices with truth when the right and truth prevail. Love bears all things, regardless of what comes. Love bears under all things, regardless of what comes. Believes all things, looking for the best in each one. I love the amplified version. Looking for the best in each one. Love looks for the best out of every single person. That's part of my my heart is to pull out the best from every single person so they can see who God already has made them to be. Because that's love. That's the heartbeat of the Father. It hopes in all things, remaining steadfast during difficult times and endures all things without weakening. Now, my wife already says this is not the end of the verse But the first part of verse 8 says love never fails. It never fails. And it's always prompt for you to walk in it, to talk in it, to respond in it, and to think like it. Yeah. um, (laughs) One of the things that I think um, with all the loss lately, one of the things I feel like has been really strong on my heart more than anything is, is like you said, like not letting, um, just these stupid little things, honestly, like so many stupid little things that we just let get in the way. Um, and, and you know what? I, I believe that, um, it's not, it's, it's like that just in general. I, I don't think it's just, you know, 
just some people. I believe that most of the time um, when fights are starting in, in couples or with family members, and don't get me wrong, I know some of you guys, you guys got some stuff that's like, I mean, it's bad. And, and I get that. Um, but uh, this one, one of the things that I said, like when my dad passed, um, I could not remember one of the bad things, um, when he passed and it's not because they didn't exist. It's because they all of a sudden became completely irrelevant and unimportant. Yeah. Come on. And I, I really think that I just kind of wanted to share that. I, I know I'd, I'm not doing it with a specific scripture. I'm, I'm really just trying to talk from the heart on that one because it's, um, I think some people need to hear that because uh, we have a tendency to make it seem like something that's going on is is uh, is it's so bad it just needs to be final. But then when the final comes, then we're like, man, I really wished I hadn't have made that so final, you know. And um, that that really isn't the case with my dad. I was I was blessed enough to see him before I went, but but I did think about how many years, how many times throughout the years that. Um, you know, I wouldn't talk to him for a period of time because he he was he was being hurtful. And honestly, when when he died, I could not think of one of those times specifically. Like I could think of him, but I couldn't think of why. You know what? What? Why? Like what? What was such a big deal to me then? You know, and so I just say that you know I don't, I don't like to do anything with regret because I I, I really believe that that um, you know I was talking to a friend yesterday and I really believe that everything we go through um, that the Lord has uses it That's for right. good That's right. you know and so but I also I strongly believe and I say this for my children um, we have six and and I would prefer other people to to learn from my hurts than to have to experience them themselves um, and I know that's not always going to happen that way but if I have any any ability to try to keep them from going through or any of you guys from going through something like that where you you know, miss someone because it's now too late, you know, um, then I would like that chance. And so I just, I just want to just end this by just saying, you know, if you have, if you have anybody who you love, who you're holding, you're holding things against them, forgive, love them. And honestly, especially if they don't know Jesus, if you, if you're a Christian and someone you love doesn't know Jesus and you there I don't what they're doing is hurtful at least forgive them and let them know I'm not saying you have to be all buddy buddy but let them know you know let them know that you love them let them know that you care um because it's it's extremely important uh in our witness as yeah. Christians um for them to see that love of Christ even in the midst of them being really stupid, you know? Um, and honestly, I mean, Travis and I both, part of the reason we're sitting here is because there were people who were willing to love us even when we were being stupid. And that love of Christ speaks volumes. No, absolutely. And that's that's one of the things, and 
it reminds me of a prayer that I, I saw in the movie Bruce Almighty, and some people are going to go, ah, oh, he mentioned the secular movie, no, whatever. Um, but there's a point in that movie where he's praying, and you know, he's he's in heaven, he's standing before Morgan Freeman, who's playing God, and he's asking Bruce Almighty to pray, and he does this ridiculous prayer. And he said, well, that's, that's, that's good for Miss America, you know, world peace and all this other kind of stuff. He said, but I want you to really pray. And he started praying for his girlfriend, Bruce, and one of the most powerful things that changed my whole entire life. And I, I really, God spoke to me through this movie as when he said, I want to see her through your eyes. He was asking God to see her through God's eyes. When you look at somebody, learn to look at them how God sees them through the perfect finished work of the cross, through what the blood has already done for them, and look at them because God is love through love. Well, we love you guys, and we just bless you, and we love every single one of you. And if you guys need anything or ever have prayer requests, please feel free to contact us at www.foundationsofrevival.com. Thank you.